Welcome back to the show, everyone. It has been a bit since I've recorded an episode, but this one came to me with such force, I lost sleep a few nights over it. If you're new, this is episode 13, and my last one was recorded over a year and a half ago. Man, time flies. Today I am super excited, though, not only because it's been so long since I did an episode, but also because this one is going to have a couple of firsts. For starters, it's going to be the first ever two-part episode. And for the second part, for the first time ever, I will have a special guest with me. I'm going to interview full-time educator and mother Michelle Loveday to discuss some important subjects weighing on lots of people's minds during these unprecedented times. But first, let me introduce our topic today. I want to talk about distance learning and the stress that comes with it. Well, Actually, since this podcast is geared toward mental emotional health, I'm going to talk about that and how it can be affected by stressors like distance learning. If you don't have kids at home, don't worry. Part one of this episode applies to everyone who has ever or will ever live in a stressful situation. So everyone. And I know most parents of young children would agree with me that distance learning is stressful. But I am sure everyone would also agree that this time of social distancing can be stressful whether you have young kids at home or not. But I I do think it is good to talk about it and to pull it apart in a way that we can see why it causes us stress and then how to lessen that stress and its effects on our lives. So first off, let's look at some key things we have discussed in other episodes and how they pertain to this. As I discussed in episode 7 of this podcast, most people when they hear mental health really think mental illness. I know I did at first too. But when I just say health, do you only think of those that are unhealthy? My point is this, everyone has some level of mental health and it has a lot of similarities to physical health. Physical health deals with your body and mental health with your brain. Let me draw a few parallels. In order to be more physically healthy, a person can change their diet and exercise routine. Well, in order to become more mentally healthy, a person can change their daily routines and do mental exercises. Also, sometimes things happen that are outside of your direct control that affects your physical health, like you develop a disease or get a cold or break a bone. Well, equally, things can happen that are outside of your control that affects your mental health, like you lose someone close to you, someone you care about hurts you, or, oh, I don't know, let's say you have to practice social distancing or distance learning. This puts us in a stressful environment, one where we are more likely to have mental injuries, let's call them. I'd like to talk about three major stressors to our mental health that are happening as a result of the situation we're in. Then in part two, we will discuss with Michelle how to prevent them from causing us mental injuries and or how to heal from the injuries we do sustain during these times. The first stressor that can lead to mental injury that social distancing is causing us is a loss of connection. In my very first episode, I talked about connection and how it impacts the way our brain functions. Author Brene Brown says, the connectedness we experience in our relationships impacts the way our brain develops and performs. I don't know of anyone right now who would say they are experiencing the same amount of connection they usually do. But if our connection has a positive impact on the way our brain performs, then shouldn't it only follow that our brain isn't performing the way it usually does in our current state of social distancing? 
And if that is true for us as adults, then think about the connection our children usually have versus what they have now. So the first stress caused by distance learning is lack of connection, causing our brains not to function as well. This is happening in a time when we really need our brains to process the conflicting mass amounts of information streaming to us at a terrifyingly fast pace. And I am not saying just those who choose to watch news all day or scroll Facebook. We are all, our children included, getting information from many places. Our talks with neighbors, communication from the schools, work, the government, etc. So right now, we need to get our brains the connections they need to function well. The second mental injury we may be causing ourselves without knowing. In episode four, we discussed shame and should statements. My question today is, are we holding ourselves to an unrealistic should statement? Are we telling ourselves we should be doing this much distance learning or our distance learning should look like XYZ? The thing about should statements, even if they are never spoken but only thought, is that they don't actually help or motivate us. Thinking or saying, I should be able to handle this situation better right now is actually erroneous anyway, because as we just discussed, your brain isn't functioning at its normal level. Should statements masquerade as motivators when they are really shame inducers. So another thing that is causing us stress through distance learning may be unrealistic should statements or thoughts we have causing us shame about our ability and performance. And this applies to how we look at our children as well. I do want to note here that it is okay to have ideas of what you would like to do, but we can rewrite those should statements to say them in ways that are more helpful to us. So instead of saying I should be doing distance learning like X, Y, and Z, you can say it will be most beneficial for me and my children if we do these things. That reminds your brain why. That is a motivator, why you're going to do it. I'm going to do it because it would be most beneficial. Okay, so the third stressor I'd like to discuss is the change in our routines and schedules for children and adults. I looked over my other episodes and I actually don't think we've discussed this much, if at all. Here is the thing. I am definitely not saying we need to have some military-like schedule for our children during distance learning, or even that we need to try to have one similar to the school that lasts seven hours. What I am going to suggest, like everything else we discuss, is 100% up to personal interpretation and situations. None of us are going to do this the same way, and that is not only okay, but it is right. We are all different people living in different circumstances. What I do want to say on the subject is that having a routine of some sort, having a time when you are set to do a particular thing, having a loose expectation, those things are good for mental health. Doing those things will put both parent and child in a better place to do distance learning. Make sure with expectations that they are realistic and that they're fluid, meaning that if what you hoped to have happen doesn't happen exactly as planned, that's okay. Allow that room and balance of having a plan and also being flexible. So the last stress on us during distance learning is coming from not having our normal routine in our lives. I'm going to save the tips and advice for how to battle these stressors when it comes to distance learning for part two of this episode. But the one I do want to talk about here is applicable to any stressful time of our lives. That is writing. 
In episode seven, I talked about five exercises to strengthen mental health. For a more detailed look at how they each can help, I recommend listening or re-listening to that episode. But the one I want to touch on when it comes to our current situation is writing. You guys, I know it takes time. I know it takes effort. But, and this is a big but, it is so worth it. Now, I am still working at taking my own advice on this one, but I did just sign up for a course that will help me stick with it for at least the next five weeks. One of the creators of the program I signed up for is Jordan B. Peterson. He said something that hit me so strong I couldn't ignore it. He said, when complicated experiences are carefully put into words, the manner in which they're represented in the brain changes. They move from areas associated with stressful emotion demanding constant physical readiness to areas associated with detailed comprehension and understanding. I know that is a lot, but what I got from it is that when we write about our complicated experiences, say distance learning or social distancing, we change the way they are held in our brains, taking them out of a fight or flight type area and moving them into an area of understanding. So what I am saying is make time to write about the stressors in your life. And if hearing that causes you stress and you feel like it's just one more thing you can't do, then just pick a topic to think about and discuss with your children. Discussing it vocally doesn't have quite as many benefits as writing, but it will still have a positive effect. And if you would like help coming up with ideas on what to write about, reach out and we can discuss it further. I'd like to use the experience of one of my sisters as an analogy for what we're currently experiencing. She runs both for physical and mental health, really, but let's stick to the physical health for now. So last year she was running and she fractured her hip. She didn't fall or get hit, it just happened. One step was fine, the next one hurt. Now, I am pretty sure that anyone who broke their leg, let's say, would immediately stop walking on it. But she didn't know her hip was fractured, so she kept running, hoping she could run through the pain and it would go away. And here's the thing, when we have mental breaks, so to speak, we often keep walking around pretending like if we ignore it, it will go away. Or if we work harder, we will fix it. I have done this so many times. And I hope that you're still with me on this analogy because you see, when the pain didn't stop, my sister got help. She went to the doctor and did the work to find out what it was. And then she did more work to change her exercise routines, even learning a new routine of swimming to be able to help her stay healthy while her hip healed. And we can do the same thing with our mental injuries. Sometimes we may need to see a doctor for help. Other times we can use knowledge we already have to change our mental health practices or to do mental health exercises that we may have begun to slack off on. Where we are right now, these unique circumstances, we have daily constant pressure on our mental bones. Some of us have strong mental bones either because we aren't prone to mental health issues or because we've suffered mental breaks before and we've strengthened ourselves as a result. Others may have weaker bones that will be more susceptible to the pressure, but regardless, we all have pressure on our mental health right now. 
how we respond to that pressure, what we do about it will make the most difference. Are we going to push through, run extra hard in life to make up for it, only causing more injury? Or are we going to treat it the way that we would a physical injury by taking steps to rest and strengthen our mental muscles? The second part of this podcast will be dedicated to talking with Michelle about ways we can help both our own mental health and that of our young children during this stressful situation of distance learning. As an educator for over 18 years, she gives some great tips and advice on how to maintain both parents' and children's mental health. But before we go to part two to talk to Michelle, I want to discuss the practical application for this episode. Look at and evaluate both your mental health and that of your children. This is not just for those who have depression. This is for all of us. Remember, we all have some level of mental health. Look at the ways your connections have changed, the ways your routines have changed, and look at your expectations. Then see where you may be weak and what you can do to strengthen that area. If you look and see that you are mentally healthy, even in today's crazy world, that is great. If that is where you are, look to those around you to see how you can help uplift and strengthen others. I couldn't finish this episode without saying that my own mental health suffered this last week or so, ironically, just as I was working to get this episode out. My injury came as a result of taking too much on and severing most of the few connections that had been holding me in a mentally healthy space. My own words reminded me of my need to check my routines and make room for those much needed connections. And one thing that really helped me recover from this injury was the wonderful people around me, those that were there willing to hold space for my pain, those that reached out and found ways to connect with me even when I might have been pushing against it. The other thing that helped me was making this episode. It inspired me to write again. It opened my eyes to the need to take my mental health as serious as I take my physical health. I hope it has been uplifting and will prove useful for you in some way. See you on the other side in part two.